the Koigig part. I mean, Arsenal already looked like they had three extra players. If they don't do anything really stupid or get a lot of injuries, I think they should be winning the league realistically. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Hurling icon Davy Fitzgerald is speaking with us today for the launch of Londa's sponsorship of Ireland's fittest family. Londa's will sponsor RTE's hit TV show for a fourth year in a row, which returns to our screens on Sunday, the 2nd of October, for a 10th season. The hugely popular show features presenter Maraid Ronan and a star-studded lineup of coaches, including Davy Fitz, Anna Geary and Dunnick O'Callaghan. New to the coaching lineup this year is former jockey and Dancing with the Stars winner Nina Carberry, filmed in Kilruddery Estate in Wicklow. 16 of Ireland's fittest, fastest and strongest families gather from across all four provinces to compete over the eight weeks for the title of Ireland's fittest family in a series of challenges designed to test their physical and mental endurance. Davy Fitz, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, how are you? All the filming is over, am I right? So you know what happens. Yeah, do you want me to tell you? No, I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't think you would. <laughs> no, I won't be telling you, no, but um, it's all done, so it is. We finished about two weeks ago there, so all done and dusted. Um, and is this part then when you're waiting for, it's a bit like, you know, you're, you invite people to your 21st or uh, a house party and you're just waiting for everybody to get it. You've done all the work, everything is excited, so there's a bit of, bit of nervousness and anticipation ahead of what the response is going to be from the public? Yeah, like you're always wondering, it's the same at your game, what will the numbers be like, how will people react to it? Um, like thankfully, over the last nine years, it's gone from strength to strength and um, people now see it as a ritual of a Sunday night where they can sit down, relax together, shout, roar, um, enjoy it. And that's what we wanted, to tell you the truth, like, Gerald. We, we wanted that bit of fun. We wanted that to come into people's lives, and um, it's done pretty okay. Uh, it's it's a hit, obviously, with uh, multiple demographics, but um, particularly with kids. Like they they love the show and they love the coaches. Is there a part of your life where you're kind of surprised sometimes that uh, people know who you are, not from your exploits as a hurler or as a manager, but actually there's Debbie Fitz from Ireland's Fitness Family. It's it, to tell you the truth, the, the the difference, like like a number of years ago, any place I went to, maybe. Certain people knew me through the hurling. Now that would have a backseat completely. Um, Fittest family would definitely resonate with the younger people for definite. And uh, there's your man from Fittest family. And um, you know what? I enjoy it. It's good. Is there is there an element, Davy? Like uh, I suppose Sunday nights where it was the fear and the homework not done and the Glen Row music for a lot of people yeah. for, for many years. Was there an element of this that you wanted to be a bit of crack on a Sunday night? That that. Uh, that element of Sunday night dread, I suppose, is taken away by, by a show like this. Do you know what we wanted? Um, I can remember myself and James Sexton, who came up with the idea to start. What we really wanted was for different generations to be able to sit down and watch the same program together. That, like, there's very few programs you'll sit down and you'll watch with your mom and your dad or even, like, your grandparents. You can sit down and watch this with any generation and that's the biggest thrill that we have got out of this is you can sit down, everyone can look at it and you could, like, you'll end up rooting for someone or another on the show and it's great. Did you watch a lot of TV? Were you a big TV watcher before this came along into your life? I, I love watching TV, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, like, probably me after a game, I'll go home and I'll go up and I'll watch a movie or I'll do something. I, I, I like watching TV. What were you I watching? Like, as a, and as a kid, what were you watching? What were kind of your... 
listen, I'd be into every sport under the sun. Like, um, like I'll watch golf nonstop on TV. I'll watch, um, so I, I'll watch American football. I would watch a lot of movies as well. Like I'd watch a lot of older movies, I suppose. Um, I, I love stuff like that, you know. And I presume Superstars at some point when you were a kid was like... Cause yeah, <laughs> that, you know what, that's for definite. Um, I loved that, so I did. Um, you, you get to watch, I think Pat Spillane would have been on it, um, different GA players that I would have grown up watching were on it and it, it was actually brilliant. I loved that. So was, was all of that kind of in the melting pot in your head when you were sitting down originally to come out and devise, like, how are we going to make this work? You know, because the concept is obviously great, but then actually when you think about how to put together like individual segments of the show and what's going to work and what's not going to work, like a bit of gladiators, uh, I guess as well. Um, and all of that's kind of in the melting pot when you're thinking we can do an Irish version of this uh we can we can make it multi generation. Yeah, well, it's I, like so. I'm lucky. Number one, that we um, ended up with a very with two very um, we ended up with Animal and Kite production companies, and um, they, in fairness, they've even tweaked it an awful lot from the original idea we came up with. So, I think every year we sit down and we look at new ideas and. There, there are some very good people in the production companies. They're, they're top class and they're always saying, how can we make this better? How can we make it more enjoyable for the people at home? And that's a big thing for them, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's really interesting. And, and uh, am I right in saying it's been successful? You've, you've sold it internationally? Yeah, we, we, we've sold it. And um, I, I know it's aired in probably eight or ten countries, eight, nine, ten countries in that, in that general vicinity. And, there might be a bigger one or two not far away either. So, um, like, I'm just so proud that um, an Irish concept has been bought in other countries. It's 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 great. It's great for us, you know. Um, since the last time we've spoken with you, uh, you've taken up the the role at Waterford. Um, how straightforward was that for you? What what kind of what was the the thought process about getting back into intercounty management? Um. Well, firstly, I suppose I, I did on time, enjoy my time last year with RTE and the Sunday game. It was great, but to tell you the truth, I, I, I love being on the field. Um, I love being in the training field. And when I met Watford, um, our ideas pretty much aligned. Um, I can remember meeting the chairman first for a, a general chat, and I just knew that the ideas we had were pretty similar and I was excited to, to maybe get that opportunity and go again. It's funny that the, I think I'm right in saying David Park Mahoney maybe is the only player you would have worked with in your previous stint with Waterford. Is that enticing as well? That you know, it's a, it's a whole new group of players, bar one essentially. Yeah, like it was my first go into intercounty management, and let me say this: like I, I went into a Waterford team that. I would have actually, I, I did battle with a lot of them, but I actually would have admired them incredibly for the way they played and, and stuff like that. And I suppose it was tough to agree that a certain amount of them were coming to the latter end of their career. And like when you're trying to maybe get different ideas across, that's tough. Or when you're trying to tell one or two of them, maybe your legs aren't the same as they were. Like it, it was a tough gig, even though I think that time we hit. Um, four All Ireland semi finals, got to an All Ireland final, and got to three Munster finals, winning one. So, like, we kept their, their boats, but it wasn't an easy gig for your very first gig into inter county management. 
Can I ask you just about the the year away? Right, you're obviously with the the Cork Camogie team, so you weren't and and with uh, various club teams as well. So you weren't totally away from it, but there was an opportunity for you to be out of the absolute constant mm. on the phone non-stop to every panel member you know dealing with the, the social issues that they might have dealing with the fitness issues dealing with the nutrition all that kind of stuff so it was an opportunity for you to go and think right what's my philosophy what, how do I want this to be played what am I going to take what's actually successful for Limerick at the moment how do I counteract them has your view on the game changed at all from the little periods where you weren't at the cold front day to day yeah, well, let me just first say, right, um, so I did, I, I did do Cork Camogie, and I have to mention publicly, like, uh, Matthew Toomey was the manager, and um, you're right, like, the incredible job he had to do with regard the day-to-day run of that team was incredible. I actually, for once, just had to turn up for the training field and do the training, um, um, and you know what, them girls in Cork were absolutely incredible. Um, we trained as hard as if you'd train any men's team and their attitude was, was top class. And as a coach or as a trainer, are you going to keep 36 players happy? Probably not. No manager or coach will do that. But I so, so enjoyed my time. Did it give me a chance that last year to look at other stuff? It gave me, it gave me a bit more time to, like my work in the Sunday game meant I had to analyse different teams and look at different styles of play and maybe have a little think is there a few things I would do differently now than I did in Wexford maybe two years ago. Uh, answer to that is probably, yeah, there is a few things that I've noticed a bit differently in that and we'll be trying to implement them, you know. So the year out um, didn't do me any harm whatsoever um, from being in the cold face, but it was a big difference because, like, I would have played for probably 17, 18 years and then I went into another 14 of them on the back of that management, so you were you were gone out of that side of things, which was which was massive, Sharon. Yeah, I, I know. Um, we were at our clock. Um, they were having a, a night to to celebrate recently, yeah. and we had a good conversation that night. I know that you were. Um, I don't know. Is critical the right word? But uh, you thought that maybe you hadn't been given a fair crack of the whip when it came to how people spoke about your tactical flexibility. And we had Derek McGraw on recently, and he was making the point that um, there might be a perception out there, but the perception is wrong about your tactical flexibility. He thinks that you are and that you have uh, multiple game plans. So do you want to just talk to us a bit about that? Like, on this show, you may as well tell us what you think of us. Yeah, well, I think I told you that night what I thought. You um, did. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, certain people will think that and you know what, maybe if it was me four or five or six years ago, I'd try and justify that. I, I actually have no interest in trying to justify what style or what way um, we play. Um, all I know is anyone that knows the hurling, if they really look at the game and be it you play a plus one, which is some people call it a sweeper back to back, but if you really look at the game of hurling for 70 minutes, is there seven defenders there for 70 minutes? Not even remotely close. But if you look at some of the more very dominant teams at the moment, they might have two wing forwards coming back into their backs a number of times. Their midfielders might be getting back. Their six will be going back to their three. And they will have a lot more than just a plus one back there. And they'll try and build the ball from there. So there's various different ways. And some people might think it's a straight 15. There hasn't been a straight 15 in Hurling for a long, long time, and let's be honest with you. Um, so there hasn't. So what people think, sure, I, I can't influence that. I don't really mind. My job is to try and see, can I get the team I'm with an opportunity to win 
uh, a big one. That's that's the, the only thing I'm interested in. And plus, the biggest thing I want, and I, and I really mean this, and I think a lot of teams will see this, I want the players I have to be given a freedom to go long, to go short, to go cross field, to score from distance, to score inside. Um, I think that's very important, and that would be my belief. Certain people wouldn't think that, but I don't really care because maybe they just don't understand it, but that would be the way I'd see it. So the point of having any structure is to give the players a template and then to give them the freedom to make the decisions within that template that you think yeah. give the team the best chance yeah. to succeed. I honestly believe, yeah, if you can if you can set them up well structurally, but then give them the ammunition to make their own decisions. And like as I've said to you, in that if you look at it most of the time, like I can remember in Wexford at one stage, and I want you to think about this, my full back Liam Ryan ended up I think giving a pass to Kevin Foley or Sean Murphy in this in that plus one position. Uh Liam Ryan ends up below on the other twenty one getting a score. Now, if that's holding a fella back, well, I don't know what the story is. Um, as a young fella, when Liam was probably out hurling, he could have imagined himself doing X, Y, and Z and playing with that freedom. And you know what? Like, to me, that's that's one of my values. And I, if people see that, fine. If they don't, there's nothing we can do about that. Sorry, sorry um, Jared, to cut across you. Like, just, just reading the piece there, um, very fascinating piece, Davey, in the last week or two from, from Desi Hutchinson, where he was kind of re- referencing last year with Waterford and how they maybe possibly trained too hard, were too gassed, and a lot of people have kind of come up with different theories as to, to what happened to Waterford last year. There was high expectations. Like, someone now involved with the team and, and would have watched them as a pundit last year, can you put a finger on, on, on maybe where they might have gone wrong? Obviously, anything can happen game to game, but it, 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 can you can you see where it might have uh, stemmed from? Um, yeah, like you, you've mentioned a few things, and that's been the talk. I'm not 100% sure yet. Um, I'm just in the middle of trying to figure out different bits and pieces. But, like, let's, number one, give Liam Cattle a lot of credit, too. He won the league last year at the Ireland semi-final the year before, was in the All-Ireland year before that like so he's had them there thereabouts um all the time last year's performance they won't be happy with um they were miles off last two championship games they were miles off i've got to get in and maybe just figure out why that was and i'm sure liam even himself would be looking at that why they were so far off at the end of it so um that's something we have to look at and um see try and make sure that doesn't happen again it's obviously a different Waterford group as you talked about the first Waterford group that you, you came in on how do you go about making sure that the players have that leadership within them like what, what's your approach to building that leadership group within the players group like at the moment um, I'm just trying to get to know the players uh, number one like I've gone, I went to a lot of club games and I was actually the amount of teams that played a plus one was actually incredible like with the style they're playing and I suppose that even from Derek McGrath's time, they would have been very, very structured. And I suppose down here at times, um, he would have got a tough time. But I thought they were so, so well structured and so organized into Parik Fanon's time, into Liam's time. And my job now is to get to know these players one to one, figure out what they're like individually. Then my job is to bring them together as a unit. But I have to understand them individually first, then try and marry them together as a unit. And that will come in many different forms be it training, be it activities outside the training and all that. Um, my, jo- my job will be to bond them. But a lot of these fellas have been around each other for the last number of years, so 
Um, I, I just want to see, can I improve in that bond? Obviously, when you get to semi-final or win a league or get to another final, like they're doing something right. So I, I just got to try and grow on that again. I don't know if you remember, Park Joyce caused a, um, a bit of a Ferrari. Um, some waves were made when he went on Galway Bay FM and said, we're going to win, we're going to win in All-Ireland. And that was, you know, Park Joyce, a legend of, of Galway football saying it. And they got very close this year. It took him a long time to get there, but eventually he got very close to dealing it. Are you somebody who believes in that, saying, OK, we're going to win in All-Ireland and manifesting it that way? Or would you prefer the, look, that's up for everybody else to say. What's your, what's your instinct about when it comes to something like that? Yeah, like, and you know what, like, like Park Joyce has done a great job. I think he's been fantastic in Galway. And if, if that's his approach, that's fine. Um, my approach is, like, every game we go out to play, I want to try and win it. And the more of them you win, you're in with an opportunity to win everything that's going. Like, I, I, I'd love to win everything we could. Um, is that possible? I don't know. Um, I have my own belief. I certainly will keep a lot of them for, for the panel um, and whatever happens outside there I'm, I'm sure yourselves and the public will judge it for what it is um, all I put it to this way is my desire now to achieve is as strong as it's ever been and I mean that sincerely it is very strong and I every time that's inside me I'll be trying to bring that out um, to get water results and achieve victories and um, that hunger is massive and let's be honest with you where it'll go I don't know this is going to sound like a strange question from the outset, Davy. so bear with me for a second. But we were, we were chatting earlier in the show about uh, Eddie Jones, the England rugby manager, talking in the, or interviewed in the, in the Times today, and he referenced a, a trip he took to San Diego a couple of weeks ago to, to meet with some of the US Navy SEALs, and he kind of referenced uh, learnings from the, the operation that killed Osama bin Laden 11 years ago and how he takes that into the game of rugby um, and different things like, I guess it's, it's, it's a question of leadership and managers taking little tidbits of information from, from wherever they want to get it I guess and taking that into their own, into their own careers are you, are you a manager who kind of uh, you know, does that type of thing that, that picks up little bits here and there from, from other yeah. lead, leaders yeah. in other fields or sports? And the day you stop learning is the day you stop growing. Uh, if I was to manage the same way I managed when Claire won in 13, I don't think we have a chance. Um, if I was to manage the same way I managed in Wexford, I don't think we have a chance. Even the last year has allowed me to talk to some other people and maybe get some other insights and um, see how I can become better as as maybe a person and as a manager. And I think you have to you have to always be prepared to listen and learn. Um, and I think you always have to be prepared to evaluate yourself the same as you evaluate your players. Listen, we wish you the very best of luck with the, the new season. I hope it's a massive smash hit for you again, as I've no doubt it will be. And best of luck with Waterford too. It's great to have you back. Lads, thanks very much. And hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy the show on Sunday night. No doubt. Davy Fitz, thanks a million. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.